2: He starts throbbing his own sweet song Wake up, wake up, you sleepy head Get up, get up, get out of the bed Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red Live, love, love and be happy What if I be blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers Rain may glisten but still I listen When he starts rubbing his own sweet song I'm just a kid again
3: To ride at the valley, but the addicts extend their winning run to free as AFC Wimbledon edged out in SE seven. Welcome to Charlton Charlton Live. Hello, good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. I hope you guys are well. My name is Louis Mendes, Joining me on this week's show to look back at that victory yesterday at the Valley against Wimbledon. First up, uh, Mr. Mark Newbury. How you doing, Mark?
1: I'm happy as Larry, mate. Three points in a pocket and uh, good to go.
3: Yeah, Larry's uh, well known for his uh, exuberance and happiness uh, at all times, especially uh, when Charlton are winning. Uh, and also joining us well for the first time this century, uh, Mr. Terry <laughs> Smith. How you doing, Terry?
4: All oh, good, thanks. I'm, I've never met Larry, but I'm sure I'm equally as happy.
3: Uh, always, always. So on uh, this evening's show, as I said, we'll be looking back at that game uh, with Wimbledon. We're going to hear the highlights in a few moments' time. We've also got uh, some reaction, of course, from the gaffer, Johnny Jackson, uh, and uh, from one of the midfielders yesterday, Alex Gilby, came to speak to us uh, in the press room after the game. we also got some fans, Bar, uh, and we've got your reaction as well via tweets and emails. We'll have a, uh, If we have time, we'll look ahead to Tuesday's game at Bolton. Uh, as well, loads to get our teeth into on this evening's show. So, I mean, before we dive into the highlights, tell, um, yeah, three two it was it uh, made it harder for ourselves and perhaps we needed to, but three wins in a row now, sort of on a nice little run at the moment.
4: Yeah, it wasn't exactly a defensive masterclass, was it <laughs> uh, yesterday? I thought, I genuinely thought, when um, they scored in what three minutes and then we equalised, and then even when Akin got um, the third. Caught an error into the second half. I thought this this could be any score. You know, we could. with the way these two sides are defending, this could go up to uh, double figures uh, between them. But um, quite how it didn't, I've no idea because uh, the defending didn't improve necessarily. But um, yeah, it's it's three points, three wins on the trot, and um, momentum's with us again as as it was when Johnny first took over in caretaker charge. So if we can go on that sort of run. Who knows what we can we can achieve? I mean, it, we we're relying on so many things going our way, of course. But yeah, you know, look, winning's better than losing, isn't it? So uh, whatever comes at the end of it is great.
3: Yeah, exactly. You know, even if it is highly unlikely that we're going to get into the playoffs this season, it's nice just to win some games, have have, a, have an enjoyable Saturday afternoon, isn't it, Mark? And I mean, it is sometimes about finding a way to win when you're not at your best, and and um, I think that was very much the case yesterday.
1: Well, it's funny, we'd been extolling the virtues of our defence for the last couple of weeks and saying, you know, how tight and how sharp we looked. And then we just gave away, well, two absolutely preventable goals, silly goals. And like Terry said, I was at 3-2, I'm turning to my mate next to me and saying, we need a fourth, we need a fourth, because I, I could just see them getting another one, the way we were looking. So it, it was good that we held out, Um and but you know we we can't make those mistakes against better teams unfortunately because we will get punished
3: yeah well we we got punished to to an extent already yesterday i guess uh, but i agree we we held out well we'll talk about that later on in the in the show but I, I do think once we got that third goal we seemed fairly comfortable but anyway let's have a listen back to some some very mangled highlights um those of you who were uh, listening to the game on Charlton TV yesterday knew that the uh the audio only coverage sort of dropped out for a while so that's where we get our recording from um, so half of it is Terry and, and Steve Brown on Cholton TV half of it's me on BBC Radio London but these are highlights from yesterday's game against AFC Wimbledon we are
4: going to have pre-kick off a of minute's applause in honour of Ben J and so we'll leave Saturday you with uh, to Brian to announce that and we'll ben be back J. to you after the minute's applause for Ben break
5: the battle a rare form of liver cancer we would now ask both sets of fans to join us for a minute's applause before today's game
4: which will start and end on the referee's whistle thank you This Wimbledon free kick chip ball towards the John Peltier runners one in the middle free header
5: good uh, claim by Well initial claim from McGillivray McGill- and then it's buried McGillivray says he was fouled the referee waves it away and Wimbledon have the lead Yeah, and that'll be down to whether we deem that a free kick to McGilvray or on McGilvray but we didn't react particularly well from the free kick either free header at the far post two players unmarked when he headed it back across McGilvray had to come and make the claim to take the pressure off his back line he did that and it fumbled out of his hands to Chislett, he's popped it into the back of the net, and Wimbledon
3: lead. Albie Morgan to take the corner for the addict. 17 minutes gone here at the Valley, In comes the delivery towards Innes, so it to it's in, on the goal line, it took a touch off the defender last, but Ryan Innes will be claiming that, 17 and a half minutes gone, and the Addicts are level, John one Wimbledon won.
4: Okay. And Woke sends the ball down the line, and E.K. with a flick on to Giasimi, takes it down, sends Washington on his way, it's a lovely
5: ball, Connor Washington in towards the edge of the penalty area, can he finish? Yes he can! Yannick's take the lead in fine style. Fedwell with the throw, Giasimi with the bring down. Escaped his man and an inch-perfect pass hmm. to Connell Washington. Allowed him to get behind the defence, in, in the penalty area. And there was no doubt in the finish. Yeah, it's a flick on from an EK that Giasimi does ever so well to control. I said about Morgan's ball earlier, probably being the best ball of the match. I'm wrong. Diawara's pass has just topped that outside of the right, swinging in behind Nightingale. Perfect wait for Washington to run off the shoulder. It's a very cool, composed finish. He just looks up, assesses the keeper, and slots it underneath. He's on
4: the Charlton half on our left-hand side, now swung into the penalty area. It's a deep one. It's a free header,
5: and it's the equaliser. Free header on the far post. Pretty sure this one was uh, Hennigan, the captain. And Wimbledon have leveled things up. Our our marking at set-pieces is... uh, Pick my words carefully. Um, Needs work. Non-existent? It just needs work. I mean, there's so many free players, and it's not the first time in this game. This is the... You know, I mentioned it in the free kick before we've got to sharpen up from set pieces again. they actually got in behind us and Joy Simi got a flick on the ball but they were in behind us but how can look at look absolutely nobody he gets a lovely he's little he's got check. two on he's got two yeah. on one checked, right? he's yeah, got two on one Claire yeah. gets checked leaves him all on his own yeah but it's just simply not good enough. Morgan to take the delivery
3: in front of the covered end. Towards the far post. Headed into the far stick. And Joe Erder in the lead. And it's Akin Fainwoe. He finally breaks his attic stuck at the far post. Show in three. Wimbledon two. There we go. Uh, so 3-2 win. Tell. Um, it, it was a funny old game. Uh, you know, that old saying. Um, in, in that, you know... I, I did feel the last half an hour looked very different to sort of like the opening hour where the opening hour was chaotic and, and their de- defences were very much struggling in in that last half an hour. You know, Charlton kept the ball, about 60% of the ball. Wimbledon only really had one chance. I don't know if they'd almost run out of steam. Very young team, Wimbledon. Um, I think their average age was at least two years younger than us in the starting lineups yesterday when I did that stat. Um and we, we sort of were able to see the game out quite comfortably. But it didn't really feel like that was going to be the case for, for large spells of yesterday's performance.
4: Yeah, I don't know whether it's anything down to the fact that they, they had to make the sub um, with um, Cosgrove going off because um, they simply lose a bit of impetus when, when that happened. And I don't know if that had any bearing on it at all. The, um, plus, as you say, they're quite a young side, so they um, they maybe ran out of steam because they were pressing us quite high. But to be fair, even that Asel was doing that right to to the end. So I think Cosgrove going off had a had a, had a major factor in that because um, he was there, he was their target pretty much uh, all day long up to that point, and uh, was causing us uh, lots of trouble. And, and you know, you think this, uh, you know, defender the size of Innis that we've got, um, you wouldn't necessarily think that, but he was. He was causing us trouble, and I think that may have resulted in the the, the mistakes that that came. Uh, because you're focusing on the real the real powerhouse up top, and you're not taking any notice of anybody else coming into the box. And uh, yeah, it it was a strange one, though. You know, it just just the the amount of mistakes that uh, the defenders were making, uh, not picking up, and not running. It was almost like back to the days when we were playing under Atkins and not doing that. Uh, it's strange, but the good thing about it is that um, we look very threatening going forward all the time, and uh, and that got us out of trouble.
3: Mm. I mean, obviously, question marks surrounding the first goal mark. I mean, you see it north-lower, so you would have been almost uh, right behind it. But, I mean, the long ball came in and already, we we've, I think it was Hennigan who got the original header. We, we've already let him have a free header uh, that dropped into the arms of McGilvray. Now, McGilvray f- has sort of lost control of the ball as, as he's jumping over one of the Don's players. I mean, lo- looking back at it, he, he was appealing for the foul. What, what was your view in real time and, and having in- had a look back?
2: Oh,
1: in real time, and having seen the highlights again, Mack has made a mistake. He's dropped it. Um, I couldn't understand for the life of me why he didn't punch it. He, he could have got a punch on that, cleared it thirty yards, and you know you don't you don't think of it. But he's he's come for it. He's he's dropped it, and then I don't know what he was appealing for. There wasn't any really one anywhere near him. You know the guys finished well. We had two on the line, but he still finished it well no it's it's a goalkeeping error and if i was the goalkeeping coach this week i'd i'd be having a couple of the big lads you know in that center area and saying to Macca right this is how you've got to deal with it you've got to deal with it better and it's done, he's he's a good keeper and you know he showed it later on he made a really good save but it, it was a goalkeeping error there's nothing you know it's he's he's saved us in games so you you allow them you just don't want to see it regularly but no p- punching it all day long, that's what you've got to do. You know, If you can't catch it comfortably, get it away.
3: Mm, yeah, it, it, it felt unusual at the time, Terry, because almost always when you see something like that, I mean, there, there was a, a Don's player near the keeper, although I think Maka has, he's, he's effectively jumped over him and dropped the ball. I think, you know, I, I didn't think it was a foul personally, but almost always you'd see a foul given. So it was almost refreshing not to see it given, apart from the fact it meant that we'd gone a goal down.
4: Yeah, I'm not sure refreshing was the word I was thinking at the time, but, uh, yeah. No, there was never made a foul. I, day that I don't, yeah. I don't, and you know what I'm like with, uh, with refereeing decisions. So, uh, for me to say no, it was n- never a foul. I think, uh, I wonder, and because it happened in the second half as well, uh, for obviously didn't uh, result in a goal, but I don't know if the blustery conditions had any effect on it because, um, it certainly was up in the, in the gantry where we were blowing, blowing round and whipping round. So I don't know if, whether or not he just lost the flight of the ball because it just the wind caught it away from him because it just looked like he was reaching towards the end. It looked like at one point he had it comfortably and then he was reaching. So I don't know, I don't know if that had a factor on it, but as Mark said, you know he's he's saved us enough uh, over mm. the uh, over the course of this season. So a couple of howlers um, isn't great, but um, you know we got away with it. Uh, but yeah. no, definitely not a foul.
3: Yeah, I mean another League One weekend, uh, and another League One side that hasn't worked out how to stop uh, six foot five Ryan Innes from winning a header. I, I still don't think that's physically possible. His he, his effort nodded down, got us back onto level terms. Of course, um, I, I was surprised to see it didn't go down as an own goal because from from my viewpoint, it seemed to hit a Zaneven goal and then come off the back of one of the uh, of one of the defenders and, and go over the line. Um, but I mean, we, we really, I can't believe we've gone this far into the podcast without mentioning that pass from DJ for the for the the Attic second goal outside of the boot. You know, it's flicked on by Anike, just turned outside of the boot. Uh, you know, incisive pass right into the stride mark of um, of Connor Washington. I mean, that, that pass was one of the best balls I've seen this season.
1: Well, I just read, funnily enough, on Twitter, someone said if De Bruyne did that, we'd be watching it on a loop for the next two weeks. Um, yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. The curve on it, the pace on it. I mean, and Washington, God bless him, took it nice and early. Didn't give a keeper a chance to set himself. Great finish. It was, I think it was esteemed um, colleague nath who said it wasn't you know, the best pass he's seen from a defender since Nabby's pass against Forrest for Taylor a couple of seasons ago. And I'd probably agree with that because it had, it had everything. He He took it well. For, you know, just a lovely hit, and yeah, we we could have probably done that whole show on just how good that pass is. Um, and I think you know Washington needs he's turned around and he's gone. You know, that's that's what I wanted, that's what I needed, and it shows when you have someone who's as quick as Washington. And I, when it was one on one with that, I didn't really have a doubt. It's funny, and sometimes with strikers, you're going like, oh, you know, he's going to take an extra touch, he's going to try and hit it over him. The way Washington's in really good form at the moment, and it's funny for me. I thought he was a man of a match yesterday, and we'll probably come on to talking about who we thought was good. But you know, his pressing and running and shutting down, and like the finish there yesterday, you know, absolutely a joy to watch. And I think I don't think many people who probably listen to this show haven't seen it. But if you haven't seen it, just search it out and just enjoy.
3: Yeah, I mean, there are, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's watched it at least 15 times already, Tell, I mean, the DJ's been so frustrating for me this season because I was really bigging him up in pre-season. Um, you know, I thought he had a good second half of last year before he got injured, um, particularly under Nigel Adkins, Um and I expected him to really hit the ground running, and he's only performed in fits and starts for me this year, so I've been a bit... A bit frustrated with his overall perform, performance for the entire season because he has shown at times that he has ability, and no, no more so than what we saw yesterday, where it wasn't just that pass, but I thought he had a really good game. Uh, no
4: question. Uh, going back, just a, 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 touch, a touch on that. Um, the uh, the, uh, the Innis's goal was um, I put it down as Hartigan's own goal because it hit it's their number eight um, from it, directly from Innes' header hits him and goes in. But if you look at it from behind the goal, it's. Uh, Innis's header was going on target, so technically they'll call that Innis's goal. I don't think they'll take it off him. The um, as for uh, DJ's goal, I mean the pass was uh, DJ's pass. Sorry, the the pass was exquisite, absolutely exquisite. And if there is a a feed, a Twitter feed out there or a Twitter uh, video out there, without the commentary, which shows uh, where you can hear Connor Washington shouting DJ as he makes the run. So uh, I'm assuming uh, DJ heard that and knew he was running and just just executed it to perfection. Um and you're right of course the um he has been a bit um in and out of the games uh, which is obviously why he was um he was dropped for Corey Blackett Taylor when he was. Um I think you've got to give him a little bit kind of a little bit of slack maybe he's he's still a young man when uh, when he arrived I don't think um he was used properly necessarily uh, and then now he's being asked to be to play this wing back role which I think he, when he does well he does it really well. But of course, that takes up a lot of stamina and pace, and and maybe as a young man, he's still going to get used to that. So, uh, I think um, there's a player in there, no question about it. And I think um, as he gets older and as he gets, uh, it's, it's, it's a strange thing to say, as he gets fitter necessarily because they're all extremely fit people. But I, th- I still think that um, that stamina is something you've got to build up over over a course of a couple of seasons. So, um, I still think we've got uh, we've got a gym there, and as long as as long as he progresses the way he does, I think um, he'll be he'll be a an absolute quality uh,
3: quality player for us. Yeah, the fingers crossed. I really hope he does fulfil his potential. Um, yeah, and, and willing running all afternoon, wasn't it uh, from uh, from Connor Washington? But I mean that goal, uh, Mark, that we conceded the second goal just before half time. Again, you know, a deep cross towards the far post. Uh, ben Hennigan's there to to stoop and and head it in towards the far corner. Uh, Jacko, we'll hear in a few moments' time. I did ask him about it. He said that the Wimbledon sort of put a block on on someone to try and create that space, but it's still—I mean—he'll still be frustrated to see that we've conceded from set pieces this season, you know, like yesterday when you know we, we we've tended to be a bit better recently defensively.
1: Yeah, it's funny because, like you say, I sit exactly right behind the goal, and as it's come over, we would just like couldn't understand why there was no one near him, and you know it was a good header. Firm, low, straight in the back of the net. And yeah, pretty he probably would have had time to bring it down and score if he hadn't headed it. And then Innes is looking round and saying, like, well, sorry, I can't be doing everything in the back here, but he's the biggest lump. And I didn't understand why Innes wasn't on him in the first place. If they've blocked him off, they've blocked him off. But we, I thought it was strange, because I thought it was a strange free... If I remember rightly, it was a strange free kick that we'd given away. And I couldn't understand why the referee had given that in the first place, but... We weren't switched on. You're right, it's one of those ones defensively we we should be, um, you know, a stronger line, a higher line. Because, you know, they matched us pretty much physically. They had some tall guys, they had some short guys. So it's not like anybody, I mean, they didn't have one as big as Ryan, but, you know, their big lumps were big lumps. So it was one for them to analyse and say, right, where have we... Done, uh, you know where where have we gone wrong? I just the funny thing is we're going back to um when DJ came on. I I just I looked and I thought myself I didn't understand. He's taking Corey off, and I thought Purrington would come on on that side. I know he's more defensively minded, but you know his DJ on the left side. I mean, I thought he was brilliant when he came on, and you know had such a great game. And we've we've talked about his past i just thought it was a strange one originally now look in hindsight you go yeah fantastic i just i just thought it was a bit strange when you've got a left-sided player coming off and you've got a left-sided player on the bench why you put your sort of like guy who normally plays sometimes on the right wing of the left side obviously they know he can do the job and can cut in and he stuck to his guns i had this conversation with someone earlier Um, he stuck to his guns all game he didn't Raid up too fast. He defended well. He would made himself available for passes. You know, got himself a nice booking. <laughs> so you know, I just I couldn't understand. I wonder what your thoughts on why Perrington wasn't gone well, for.
3: It's interesting. No, now no, you say it. I mean, it was something that a lot of people were thinking about yesterday. But I remember ever since the, the very first game that Johnny Jackson had in charge, um, I've always felt we've played quite lopsided. So one one of those wing backs would be one of our more attacking players. Uh, so I think up as if I remember rightly at Sunderland it was Purrington on the left and and leco on the right. So one of our more attacking players and and one of our slightly more defensive players. So it it feels almost lopsided, but it does give us that that overall like a balance. So we've got one who'll go back and one who'll, who'll, who'll get more forward. So that obviously that seems to be something that Jackson seems to favour when he's picking his two left backs because if you think that it, if it would have been Adam Matthews and Purrington um on on either flank yesterday where would we have had that sort of level of creativity that, that someone like dj would give us and and obviously someone like cory blackett taylor at the start we would have hoping would be given us and you know we, we hear from uh Jacka about the extent of his uh of what we know about his injury so far hopefully it won't be too bad but to sound like he won't be involved at bolton uh on tuesday i mean I can terry got a third um it's The centre-half, you know, it's not his job to score goals, but at the same time, he would have been frustrated that he's gone this long into his career without doing so. So absolutely brilliant for him to get off the mark and possibly put, put, put to rest the ghost of that incredible mistake he made against AFC Wimbledon away last season.
4: Yeah, Brownie mentioned it. A commentary. He's, I mean, his first comment was about time, <laughs> which uh, which um, which is probably right uh, because uh, you know, for a, a centre half to uh, to go forward that often and be in a position where um, he should get on the end of crosses. Although when you got Ryan Innes in your side, you'd sort of sent to say, "Well, it is. It's always It's always going to be Ryan because uh, nobody can stop him." You mentioned it earlier. They know it's coming, but there's nothing they can do about it. Uh, and so um, it was clever actually because then you use. Um, Ryan as a decoy rather than, uh, rather than the main, the main target. And, and that left it open for Akin to creep in, in a back post. And uh, to be fair though, if you're, uh, if you're FC Wimbledon, you're looking at uh, your, your defense, I think it was Lee Brown was the guy supposedly, uh, trying to mark Akin for him. And, uh, he just didn't, he just let him, you know, out muscle him and get, get to the head first. So, um, you know, we complained about our goals, uh, or the goals we gave them, gave them. And, uh, I think AFC women are be looking at that thinking that's a bit weak from a defender, but credit to I he was there, uh, but a special credit to the uh, to the cross that came in in the first place, it was right on the money.
3: Yeah, it certainly was an excellent delivery. Right, uh, I said earlier I thought we, we saw the game out really well, uh, so let's dive in uh, to see what Johnny Jackson uh, made of it, the Addicts boss came to speak to us. Uh, in the press conference after the game this is what he made of the performance against wimbledon
6: i don't think it was at our best um i think the, the game was a little too open for my liking at times um, they caused us a lot of problems at, uh, at times as we did to them but yeah it was a bit it was a bit too sort of end to end and open at, uh, for my liking um but we dug in we got the win we won not being at our best which is pleasing cuz that doesn't always happen. You know, if you do sort of dip off your level, sometimes you come unstuck and we've uh, we managed to get the win. So really pleased.
3: It extends the, the winning one to three as well. Now it feels like you've, you've put that little wobble behind yourselves.
6: Yeah, yeah. I, I was confident that we would. I've, you know, said it to you and to everyone before that even in defeat, I thought we was we was uh, certainly competitive in, in most games and wasn't always getting what we deserved from, from the games. Um, so I was... You know, really confident that that, that would turn and uh, that we'd work our way out of it by uh, work on the training ground. You know, hard work from the lads and, and my staff as well. So, uh, I've got full trust in these players, and I knew that I knew that we would uh, turn a corner. I managed to put three wins together now, uh, four unbeaten in the league. But obviously, we need more. We need to carry it on because uh, you know we don't want to obviously go on a, another little rut. You know, you're always going to lose games. It's a competitive league. You know, that's that's a given uh, for everyone. But what you don't want is runs of defeats and, uh, you know, you want you need to, if if you do get beat, you need to bounce back quickly. So, uh, put three on the bounce now, wins together, so really pleasing.
3: Not the ideal start, of course. Craig seemed to have uh, some complaints about the ball in. Have you seen it back I haven't had a chance to?
6: I, I haven't, no. Uh, initial reaction is it was a foul, like, you just, well, you normally expect that the, the referee gives those, but honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't hand on heart say whether it was or it wasn't because I haven't seen it back, so difficult to comment
3: so you've seen back dialing Jaisimi's free ball for Connor to put on 2-1 I've been talking about that one for a little while
6: yeah I, I actually haven't seen anything back yet um but I, I saw it with my own eyes and I know that it was a wonderful pass from DJ and uh great movement from Connor. something that we work a lot um work a lot on with him he's got he's got a uh, really good movement on that top line and obviously you need someone to provide the ammo uh DJ's got his head up spotted the run and uh Execution of the pass, I think, outside of the boot when it was a uh, great ball, great ball, and it was just you know begging for Connor to go on and finish it.
3: Centre half like Akin, I guess, will be disappointed that he hasn't scored earlier in his career than this, but uh, he'll be really pleased to get off the mark now.
6: Yeah, uh, again, conversations we've had about him—he wants to be a threat in the opposition box, and and he should be, you know, with his size, his physicality. But uh, you know, hasn't hasn't scored before now, and don't you know don't, all those centre backs should be chipping in with goals from. Set piece situations because you know we we've got the size of the physicality. Then it's about you have to be cute in the opposition penalty box with your runs, timing of your runs. You got to be aggressive. Um, you got to want it more than more than the guy marking you. So um, please, please for him, please for him, he's deserved that. Um, yeah, and obviously, it's turned out to be the winner. So so fantastic.
3: And you probably will. They have question marks about the the two goals that trying to concede. So the second one, completely free header at the fire post.
6: Yeah, they worked a block, but you know we. We watch them and we know that, that, that that's something that, that they do and you have to be ready to combat it, whether that's uh, not allowing yourself to get blocked, making the referee aware that, that, that they're going to try, uh, try a block because if he does see it, maybe he gives a foul, but we haven't done either of those things and uh, you can't allow Nightingale or Frietta in, in... Was it Nightingale or was it, was it, it Hennigan? Or Hennigan.
3: Hennigan. Uh, it was uh, Hennigan. Hennigan yeah. No, it was
6: Hennigan. Yeah. Well, either of those guys, you know, you know that they're a threat. And uh, you can't allow free headers in in the opposition in, in your own box, can you? Because uh, obviously you're going to be in trouble.
3: Well, be had a, another good game, and then you're able to bring on Scott Fraser in his place. You've got some some good options there in that midfield.
6: Yeah, yeah, I was keen to get Scott on the on the pitch. You know, he's he's got such quality. He's always always tempted to go from the start, but I felt um, I felt um, the team from from Portsmouth deserved to to go again and. Uh, it's nice having those sort of options from the bench uh, to come on impact the game. Was actually trying to get him on a little bit earlier, and then we scored and, and reassessed. And there's you know a couple saying that they had a few niggles, so you, you you have to you have to think about it carefully. And do you hold one back for a little bit later and stuff like that? Um, but not, nice to get him on the pitch. Uh, difficult game to come into probably, and you know he he'll be a, he'll be a, a top player for us. I'm sure we we'll, uh, you know, but it's obviously the early doors first 20 minutes we wheeled him up in training'll we'll, uh we got tough schedule of games so um he'll be featuring uh real soon for sure
3: so what's we'll uh, the early assessment on on Corey to come off in the, in the opening exchanges
6: yeah it was just saying there that when he was when he was opening out when he was sprinting that he, he was feeling his hamstring and he felt like felt like it would go so i don't think it did actually sort of uh, um, go if you like but uh he was feeling it enough that he knew he couldn't continue, which is disappointing because we were excited for, for Corey today on the back of his performance at uh, Fratton Park on Monday. You know, it was excellent down there and you know, we were hoping that he could cause the opposition a lot of problems today, but unfortunate. You know, he's felt he's felt that tweak, he's done the right thing. You know, he's made the decision that couldn't continue and I uh, thought DJ come on and was ready to to impact the game straight away and done great.
3: How far away are the, the two Loneys, Juan and Niall, from coming in and getting involved?
6: Well, well, they're fit. Yeah, we just, we we need to build them up. So neither of them have had a lot of game time. Uh, you know, Juan was obviously at Birmingham, but but didn't really feature uh, much. And, and Niles had COVID recently and building him back up from that. But they're both fit, they're both training. But as, I've got a big squad and I've got a lot of players to choose from. And, uh, you know, when we're winning, it's difficult to, to all of a sudden leave people out. Um they have to work their way to fitness. They have to work their way into the squad in training. You know, there will be, you know, the likelihood is Corey's probably going to miss out Tuesday now and, you know, a spot opens up for someone. So um, I make a lot of those decisions based on what I see every day during the week in training and things like that. And, and players have to know that. that They have to be ready to step in. I think, look at DJ, great example. You know, he's, he's come outside recently, um, but he's made himself ready that, that if some, he's not sitting there sulking and he's he's ready that if some, uh, something does happen and he's on the pitch he comes on and, he, and he's ready to impact it
3: I managed to get Mason on the pitch obviously we, we spoke a lot about him on Monday he, he is back with us he has tweeted that he's going to give us 110% for the rest of the season Um, I, I didn't personally hear it but there was a couple of reports from some of my mates who were nearer the crowd saying there's a couple of one or two boos but obviously the majority of the fans are behind are we surprised that
6: some would be disappointed with him? I, did, I didn't hear any of that. All on Mason is a is a great kid. He's been thrust into the limelight. It's all happened really quickly for him, and uh, you know, life life changing opportunity for the boy. Um, and it's, like I say, it's happened really quickly. He's a lovely lad. Um, all he wants to do is play football. He's you know he's he's humble. Um, he works hard. Uh, you know, there's no ego about him at all. So he'll be back with us. Um, given, like you said, what what he tweeted there, I have no doubt at all that that when called upon, he'll be giving absolutely everything because that's just the, the, the way the lad is. I've got no no worries about Mason at all.
3: This last year obviously is a quick turnaround to Tuesday, so looking forward to that one tough test. They scored quite a few goals recently, home against Sunderland.
6: Yeah, a tough week coming up, isn't it? It's a tough league. The schedule's you know relentless, and there's a lot of um, big games, big clubs in in the league. Bolton obviously being one of them, great test for us, great test for us. Uh, quick turnaround, you know, recovery is paramount now, said that to the lads, you know, before you know it, we'll be on the bus on Monday uh, heading up there. So uh, we have to do the right things over the weekend and uh, and whoever's selected to get out there, they got to be ready to perform and I've got no doubt that, that they'll be ready. Cheers, it okay.
7: People will look at it, Jacko, I just wonder again, fans probably thinking with the run you're on again, is it this late
6: like push for the playoffs still on? People or you <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we need something exciting in our lives, don't we, for the running. Right, um how do you how do you kinda of look at it? Uh, boring for you guys, not good copy I, I guess, but I have to just look at the next one. Like you know, I'll uh, I might put my feet up for an hour tonight, and then I'll be up in the morning watching Bolton, worrying about that, and uh, um, trying to plan how we can go there and get a win. I, I, I go into every game. I think you know me by now, like trying to win. That's that's a given. Right, so I, I approach every game expecting to win. Bolton will be no different. We're going to be no different, and then we'll see where it takes us. We're we're a long way behind, aren't we? So. Uh, we're always going to be playing catch-up. And the problem is with every slip-up, if you like, you know, it's it can be costly. So we can't afford too many more. Uh, but We're not going to win every game. But if we can if we can avoid runs of defeats, like I'm saying there, then we'll give ourselves half a chance. But we've just got to try and to see where it takes us. And uh, it is literally one game at a time. Let's get up to Bolton and see what we can do there. And... Uh, and then before you know it, we'll be back on the, on the road again, going up to Wigan, trying to do the same thing. So that's, that's where I'm at. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass
5: is there, heads it away, can Lee pick it up, yes he can, ahead of Kamara, now Since Washington on that right hand side, he's in space, Washington, into the area he goes, can he drill it home, yes he can, oh Connor Washington, put shot, two lit up, and could that be the game, a lovely ball out, Connor Washington on the run, First is in the middle, but Connor Washington drills it home.
0: Charlton Live. Right, welcome back
3: to Charlton Live. Just before the break there, we heard uh, from the Addicts boss, Johnny Jackson. Um, you know, 3-2 win over Wimbledon yesterday. Plenty, plenty of stuff to ask him. I mean, wh- one of the bits I did ask him about yesterday, um, which we haven't spoke about yet, is obviously uh, Mason Burstow back with us now, Mark, um, came off the bench. Now, I was, I, I remember thinking during the week, like it would be very interesting to see exactly what, Sort of reception he gets because you know that there were some fans, as has always been the case, disappointed to see a player leave the club, but he is still with us effectively for the for the next little while. So, um, I thought it'd be interesting to see when when he came on. I mean, I was in obviously in the press box in the west. I couldn't really hear anything. I thought maybe distantly I heard a couple of boos and asked uh, the likes of Tom and Dave to sit a bit closer to to a covered end and. Uh, yeah, they said they said there was one or two. I asked Jacko about it as well. He seemed surprised when I when I mentioned that, and you know, he, he said that Mason's a, a lovely kid and he's going to give us hundred and ten percent. I mean, were you, were you surprised or did you boo, Mark? What was your stance on on the booing and the booers?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I just stood up and booed relentlessly. <laughs> no, it, it's funny because at halftime, with they warming up? They warming up right in front of us. And uh, it's funny there was there was one comment from a guy behind me who goes Judas, and I turned around and looked at him, and, res- and he just like looked sheepishly he went, oh yeah, well, uh, I just, but didn't really hear anything else. Um, a lot of kids wanted to have their photographs taken with him, and he came across, took some photos. Um, I didn't really hear much round near me when he came on, and we've got some quite vociferous people sitting down there. Um, I know a few of the other boys heard one or two bits, but I think it was a, a real minority. Um, and I, when he came on, I thought he, he put himself around. He, he chased. He harried. I'd said yesterday after the game, I did wonder. I did. I was concerned about the linesman on that side of the east, on the east um, stand side. I think he must have had some kind of arm injury because he couldn't raise his flag. The poor little devil. Because a couple of times where. Shirts were being grabbed quite blatantly off and Mason got grabbed and pulled and then against. he looked around and was like, why are you giving that against me? I couldn't get it. He tried, he harried. I don't think he's going to not do that. I mean, we talked about it on Thursday. Uh, you know, is is he going to give it, or are people going to go, oh, he didn't try. I think you could see that he tried for everything. He was trying to make himself open, trying to put himself around. He was running tirelessly. He didn't stop. He didn't sort of like look like, oh, I'm not going to bother. I, I think when you're 18 and you just, just want to play football sometimes, whether it be, you know, in a proper league game, whether probably down the park with your mates, you just like enjoy having a, having a kick around. So I think we're going to get, you know, what we can out of him, and I, th- I think it is a very tiny minority who were who were vocal about it because he did seem to get a good reception from the people I was near, and didn't really hear much else. So,
3: mm. yeah, I mean, Terry, did you want to say anything on that? Uh, and also, yeah, uh, I mean, did, did, oh, go on, you go on that first. I got a second question for you. Yeah, well.
4: I just, I mean, just on the booing thing. I, I think um, there were some, also some boos from uh, the. AFC Wimbledon fans because uh, they were putting Chuck and going in the opposite direction because um, they booed him a couple of times because obviously of his uh, of his past with um, with Wimbledon. so I, I think um uh, there's a mixture of that as well but there were some uh, obviously some people that uh, uh, and you're going it's going to split opinions it, of course it is <laughs> because he's a player that uh, um Every fan probably would have loved to have seen progress at Charlton and uh, become an absolute star for a couple of seasons, banging in goals left, right and centre to maybe help us get promotion or uh, to get where we want to go. Um, And so to lose a talent is is always going to be um, uh, 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 something that that every fan doesn't want to see. But, you know, you've got to balance that with... um, that's guesswork. You don't know he's going to be that player. Yes, he's a yes, he's an exciting talent uh, and a and a great kid, by the way. But um, will he will he be the player that will bang us in twenty five goals a season over the next two seasons, or even the next four? Um, if because if Stockley comes back into the uh, fit and back in the side, almost certainly Burstow goes back to playing in the under 23s So would he be that player anyway? Maybe not. So when you we when you got to the Premiership side come, is it fair to not let the the kid have a crack? Of course it's not. Uh, and then, then you've got to weigh it up. Is it the best deal for the club? Maybe not. Maybe we could have got a better deal. Who knows? I mean, we're not in the negotiating uh, room when, when it's happening. Could we have got uh, more money? Who knows? Uh, but And they say, um, you know, uh, it's always a gamble and we should have got more money. If, he, if, he plays, if Stockley gets back fit and he plays the rest of the season in the under-23s, we'll get less for him. So it, mm. who knows? You know who knows if it's a right move or not. Only hindsight or foresight would tell us for sure, and we'll only know in a couple of years. But uh, as for the booing thing, you're always going to get some that that really get too angry and don't know don't know how else to express themselves, um, and so that's just the way it is. That's, that's human nature, I'm afraid. Yeah,
3: well, I could try tweeting Ollie. That seems to be the the, the, the thing that people try <laughs> to do these days. Uh, I mean, actually, I'll, I'll ask Mark this this second question then. I mean, obviously, um, Jacko, not not. Getting drawn in on the on the question about about the, the playoff race, I, d- I didn't even bother asking him. Actually, Richard was like, "Just throw it out there." But you know, with, with the situation we're in, Mark, thirteen points away from the from the top six, we're in the top half now, which is nice. But you know, you, you'd have to climb over a lot of teams, not just with the points, but just have to hope that other teams drop points as well. You can see why Jacko doesn't want to get drawn into it because if he stays, well, we're still in the race, and we don't get there. What can he say? But He also doesn't. He can't come out and say. Well, no, I don't think we've got a chance, because then what's the motivation for the last 16, 17 games? I think
1: it's a choice of having a look and saying, when is it mathematically impossible? Now, I'm I'm 100% certain you've already got your Excel sheet worked out to find out when it's mathematically impossible for us to get promoted.
3: That's how far away we are. I haven't even even (laughs) whacked out an old Excel spreadsheet.
1: Um, So, I I can understand why he's being asked by the journos, um, because there will be some fans who are thinking, "Oh, can we do it? Can we don't do it?" I mean, obviously, the older heads amongst us will know, you know, <laughs> you know where it lies and goes. You know, is it worth asking those kind of questions? It's, it's got it's got a question which has got to be asked because there are people who are going to be wanting to know, and it's understandable. Jacko's not going to say, "No, we're not going to do it. No, we're not going to get it." He's he's not going to lay all his cards straight out straight away because it becomes something a stick you can beat him with if. 10 games down the line and we've just fallen, say short, say we've fallen short by four points, you know, people are going to say, Oh, you said we were going to get it. And then you're going to get start getting sort of like a 5%, very vocal 5% being dissenting about it. So I can understand why he's not going to come out and nail his uh, colors to a mast and say, right, we're going to get this because it can bite you. I mean, I think it's bitten Thomas quite squarely on the backside this year after the comments he made last year. And he'll learn from that. You know, Jacko's way more experienced in, the, in, in football than Thomas's. And so, hopefully, Thomas will learn that he's going to take a minute and maybe check with someone who knows about football before we start tweeting out his opinion or what we're going to do, romp the league, whatever. And so, I can understand Jacko being asked. I can understand Jacko's answer. So... You know, if you ask me, I'm going to say, well, ask ask me again in ten games time. We've got yeah. we've got we've got some tricky fixtures coming up, and you're right. You're also relying on teams above us to go on quite bad runs and you know almost implode. And can, can maybe you can see one or two teams dropping like a stone. I mean, I'd like to thank Sunderland for absolutely wrecking my acker for this weekend, um, but. Maybe, no, not enough teams will do that. So, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're looking at next season now and I think that's what sensible people will be doing.
3: Yeah, I think so, unfortunately. Right, let's... Can uh, I come uh, in on that? Go on then, tell.
4: Gonna quickly just stuff sensible, by the way. <laughs> uh, football's. I've, I've Sorry, never he's got twenty two on us making a top. Yeah, I've here. got. I've, I've never, never considered football and, and sensible in the same same sentence. Uh, no, no, all I'm going to say is that um, nobody knows. It's impossible. If you were, if you were betting man, as as Mark's just said, Sunderland ruined his like I mean, they've only won one in the last six. Sunderland, uh, and they've gone from being racing certs for promotion to now maybe even missing out on the playoffs. You got um, Portsmouth who haven't won in six, who were everybody's favourites to be in the playoffs, and they're not uh, not even close now, same as us. Bolton um, haven't lost a game in six and uh, four wins out of that. So, five wins, sorry, out of that. So, you know, they're, they've gone from being nowhere to being uh, same points as us and 13 points from the playoffs, but 10 points from uh, relegation. It's absolutely impossible to know. Uh, and Mark's 100% right. Ten games in, you probably will do. But now, anything could happen over the next... If, 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 three teams go on a run and don't lose a game in six, which is entirely possible because it's happening now, then no question about it.
3: Well, fingers crossed, eh? That's it. That's uh Never one to give up, Terry, despite his years of experience and disappointment. Right, let's have a look at some of the <laughs> tweets that have come in uh, to the show. Rachel uh, said, I thought Adam Matthews at right wing back made complete sense uh, today. Uh, provided so many good options, outlets, and space. His throw ins and crosses uh, were very good as well. When Claire pushed forward, he always covered at the back, even better uh, than his performance at Sunderland. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a player, perhaps he's needed a couple of performances, but I think he has done well in the last couple of games, uh, has Adam Matthews. Cheers for that, Rachel. Uh, Spenny says, uh, three points was all that mattered uh, yesterday, but February is a massive month for us. Uh, it will be a real uh, test for this team and and adds uh, RIP to, to Ben. Jay, of course, yeah, during the highlights, we heard the the minutes applause for uh, for Ben, and uh, obviously everyone here at the show sends our, our condolences to his family and friends and, and to everyone at the club who who got to know Ben over the last few months. It was very tough uh, for for everybody. Uh, involved really sad uh, really sad news Uh, Simon says we weren't at our best uh, yesterday but we got the job done a tough run of games uh, ahead of us but we're on a good run so should be confident going into Tuesday's game Uh, emotional day yesterday with a lovely tribute to Ben Uh, inspirational uh, young man RIP that's from Simon thanks Simon Uh, and finally uh, Ben Wells says not quite at our best uh, but we got the job done, which is the most important thing. We will certainly be working uh, on uh, defending set pieces in the week after that display from both teams on how not to do so felt. Uh, as if we grew into the game, though, and got what we deserved in the end. And that's from Ben. Well, let's hear from one of the players involved uh, yesterday. Alex Gilby, uh, the Addicts midfielder, came in to speak to me after the game. Yesterday, this is what he made of the uh, performance against AFC Wimbledon.
0: Yeah, obviously, it was uh, good to get a three points. But um, I think we started really slow. I think it was really poor first half but we, we luckily got the three points and we can move on to Tuesday.
3: Yeah, Johnny saying that John perhaps not at their best today, but sometimes when you play it's about trying to find a way to get the three points.
0: Yeah, I don't think it was anywhere um, near our standards we set ourselves today. Um, but... If, if you perform not to your standards and win, I think it's a good sign. So, yeah, it's good three points. Um, we can move on.
3: And the, uh, good to come back from a difficult start as well. I mean, what were your view on the pitch? I think Macker was a bit unhappy with the challenge, but it's hard to, hard to see from back there. What, the yeah, it?
0: it's a really sloppy start. I feel like Macker's claimed the ball and one of their lads uh, barged into him. But... It's just one of them things in football. Sometimes you get, and sometimes you don't. So, um, yeah, real sloppy start, but obviously we ground it out and got the three points.
3: Yeah, and uh, Ryan Ennis has been so dangerous at, at set pieces. I'm saying it every week. There's still not a team that's worked out how to deal with him, is there? No,
0: nah, he's massive in he? He's like a giant. So, um, obviously, it's, a, it's it's a really strong weapon we've got there with Ryan. So, we need. Alby's deliveries have been unbelievable. So, we just need to keep putting him in the right place and let him attack it.
3: Talking about good deliveries. I mean, that ball through from, from DJ. he have been banging on about that all, all week at training now, will not he? <laughs>
0: yeah. To be fair, he's already um, been speaking about in a change. For half hour. But no, like outstanding pass. Um DJ's got that. Um real talented player. So fair play to him and another good finish from Connor.
3: Oh yeah, you enjoying your your role in the midfield at the moment. There's there's a lot of options, but you, you feel I feel like you've really sort of stepped up your game the last few weeks again.
0: Yeah, loving it. Um just listen, just listening to the manager, um, listening to the gaffer, um running hard for the club, running hard for my teammates, and everything else takes care of itself. I think we've got some real good talent in midfield. Um and It's competition for places, so everyone's just got to be on it.
3: I was going to say, with that competition, obviously Scott's been added to the ranks as well. Does it keep you sort of all on your toes?
0: Oh, yeah, of course. I feel like Scott, is an unbelievable player. Um, Unbelievable for us to sign a player of his calibre. They're the type of players I want to be playing with, so it's really good to bring someone like that in. And obviously you've got Albie, you've got Elliot Lee as well, so we've got really good options in there.
3: Do you think you get an extra little bit from the fact that obviously Johnny played played a long time in midfield that he, he can give you guys a little bit of extra information that you can take into your own performances?
0: Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, the gaffer's helped me a lot since I've been at the club. Obviously, I've watched him when I was young when he was at Colchester and I was coming through there. So to actually have him manage me, he's really good. So he's someone I can keep learning from and um, just just want to work hard for.
3: What are you looking at now for the, for the rest of the season? Obviously, it's a good little run of wins now that the playoffs is still quite a far, far amount of points away to chase down. Is that something you still got one eye on?
0: Yeah, of course. I feel like we can go about it silently. We can just take care of business, go to Bolton, try and win there. And then obviously we've got Wigan as well coming up. So they're two tough games, but if we could take care of business and we're the, we're the quiet one in the pack uh, hunting down, who knows what can happen.
3: There we go. Great to hear from uh, Alex Gilby uh, yesterday. I mean, he's, he's a player who impresses, isn't he, Terry? Um, you know... Uh, he the start last season, I thought he was very good. Then he, he was out injured for a while, came back, and it took him a long time to get back up to speed. Um, this season, again, obviously, we know he had COVID at the start, but I think he's really proven his worth. And uh, I mean, Scott Fraser coming in. We've got some options in that midfield now, especially now Albie's playing well again.
4: Exactly that, and I think um, alby coming in and playing well has, has allowed Johnny Jackson to, to rest players, and, and um, Gilby, I think, is a classic example of that. He came out of the side for a couple of games, uh, and much-needed rest, I'm guessing, because he's come back refreshed and back to the sort of player he was at the beginning of the season. When, I mean, I don't think there's a finer sight, and certainly, certainly, probably not a better midfield player going forward when he's on on a run, uh, because he gets past, he glides past players with the ball, and uh, probably should score more goals than he does. I think, uh, and I think he'll probably be the first to admit that. But when he's when he's on song, he's 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 a really good player to watch and uh, and very effective for us. And I think with Scott Fraser coming in. You've noticed that um, now Elliot Lee's obviously been uh, been dropped to the sidelines. Uh, maybe again because maybe you know he looked a little bit jaded, hasn't necessarily performed in the last few games as he did when he first came in. So maybe need that rest because we're playing two games a week and I wouldn't mind betting him uh, that uh, he makes an appearance on Tuesday. Uh, it, now allowing Johnny Jackson with the quality of signings, and Scott Fraser is that, that we've got now and the quality of players we've got and Albie Morgan now playing well, It gives him great options in that midfield and allows him maybe to rest one or two every now and again, which we didn't have that luxury of before.
3: Certainly, yeah, really uh, enjoying Alex's performances. Right, let's have a look at some of the emails that have come in. Phil says, Hi, guys. Unfortunately, uh, due to contracting COVID on Friday, I missed today's game. I'm sorry to hear that, Uh, Phil. Hope you feel uh, better soon. I hope you haven't got too bad symptoms. Uh, It says, Not the best performance by the sounds of it. However, momentum is building, as will be the confidence. The next few games are against playoff contenders. That will tell us how far away we are from having a competitive squad for next season, uh, assuming that this year's playoffs are out of reach. But I guess. uh, on the other looking at uh, from the other side is if we can beat some of these playoff contenders we could reel them in a little bit couldn't we but uh, uh Phil then continues the spine of the side is looking strong now with the defenders Lavelle, Fainwell, uh and Claire uh, midfielders like Dobson, Fraser and Gilby uh, Washington and aniki and uh, Stockley uh, as strikers as well a couple of additions uh, I think promotion challenges definitely achievable uh, next season that's from Phil yeah yeah I, I very much agree with that there's still obviously still work to be done but you know Sometimes you do have to build up over a couple of seasons. I do think we've got some good players. Uh, Obviously, with with Akin, he's on loan. But I think there's that option, isn't there? So I wonder if uh, we'll be looking to try and uh, utilise that to make him a permanent deal at some point. Uh, Right, Dean says, All I wanted to say is the officials in this league are absolutely shocking. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, Terry's on as well, so I'm sure he'll agree with you. But uh, he says, uh, They definitely have it in for Charlton. I can only think of maybe two games uh, where the ref has been uh, pretty good um oh yeah and how can i forget, forget what about the assist from dj absolute filth love the pod lads keep up the good work that's from dean yeah that was an absolutely filthy assist from dj uh i'll be watching that one again i think uh, tonight uh phil says hi guys i thought overall we played well yesterday deserved the victory felt it was a little strange that taking uh cosgrove off as he was definitely causing us uh problems whether or not it was uh legal yeah i did ask uh the, the don's boss mark robinson about uh cosgrove yesterday he say he hadn't played for a while so i think he was sort of coming to the end of his uh uh, fitness levels when, when he had to come off. I uh, said, Fraser looked a good addition when he came on, held the ball, played it simple, uh, gave us better control in midfield. I reckon Skiverton was brought in to galvanise our defence, but it appears he's worked firstly on getting the best out uh, of them from our set pieces. If he can get the same reaction when he works on defending, uh, we will be a real difficult nut to crack. Further, steady progress is what we need now. Not enough uh, adjectives in the dictionary to describe DJ's control and pass under pressure. That was just so special. Not too many changes for Tuesday, subject to fitness. Uh, but the squad is deep enough now to expect a strong performance in most games. There will obviously be hiccups along the way, but I'm sure JJ will get 100% out of the lads, whoever plays. That's from Phil. Cheers, Phil, for your message. Right, let's find uh, some more fan reaction as well to yesterday's game. Uh, Benji delved into the fans bar, uh, armed with his and Live muff to go and ask for some opinions on yesterday's performance and also uh, on the January transfer window as well.
2: I mean Sean Clare I've been watching I've been up and down the country I was at Hartlepool I've been the crew I mean he's 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 starting to turn his game um, I think Working the wing Taking shots of distance We definitely need to do more of I think you know And letting the guys in the front After that take the chances We played We weren't really the greatest But we let in a few sloppy goals
7: um, But we came out of a win um, I feel like we, we did well, but we didn't really, like, create that much. Like, playing out on the wing too much. Just need to get it in the box more. It was a strange game. Part of me was like, are we going to lose this game? Are we going to win this game? But overall, I think we're the better team. And the result saw to itself. I really like Innis. I think he's a quality player. If he wasn't so injury-prone, he'd be a... Uh, Premier League level. It was a strange game. I think for a five-goal match, it was kind of subdued for parts of it. I think we gave away two soft goals, but never looked troubled otherwise, and were probably worthy of the win eventually. Um, So yeah, I think it was just about deserved.
2: They're all all sort of just mucking in, really. I think at the moment, and he just needs. I think the guy from Yeovil coming in is definitely. Made a change. I think mean, like the look of the stance before we looked a little bit lost. Now he's coming. We're organised a bit better. We're, we're playing better football. We're stretching the play, making a longer ball, getting to the ball. Maybe i wish we sort of probably make the second ball a bit more. But you know, but it's a learning curve, and we got to move forward. For it was bit, all I mean. right. We got in
3: Scott Fraser from Ipswich. That's all right. Let Mason Burstow go. I feel like he was one of our best. Strikers, um,
7: but who wouldn't want to go to Chelsea to be fair? Big club, um, yeah. I need to see what the add ons are for Burst though. Because if it's decent, if it's a decent deal, it's a decent deal. But we're mid table, I'd rather Cotoliday go, go for the summer and go for it properly. Fraser good sign, do you think? Big time, why not I go mean, for it? It was. I think it was okay. I think it was fine. We spent more money, which we haven't done in many transfer windows before. Um, Fraser got on the bits today. We didn't really see enough to make a judgment, but um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. though, I know there's a bit of debate about that at the moment. Personally, I'm not. I'm not sure what the right value for a young kid who's played half a dozen or so games really is now but I think I think the transfer winner was fine. I think, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm happy.
2: I mean, Mace De Berso moving, I wouldn't blame him, it's a big club. As long as the deal was right and it's right for us, then I can't complain. You know, it's going to go off development. I just don't want to come back and score against us. That's all I don't want.
3: Thank you very much to everyone who spoke to Benji in the fans bar uh, yesterday. There's plenty of you eager uh, to have your say on the show and we'll be out and about after the uh the, the next few games as well so I can't imagine there'll be anyone up at Wigan uh, up at Bolton doing it because I think I'm the only one heading up there um but yeah certainly hopefully maybe Wigan I'll be up there and if you see me on the train back I might come and ask for your opinion uh so feel free to come and bother me on the train back if you want to give your opinion onto the show uh and, and we should look ahead really uh, Mark and Terry to that game coming up with Bolton Wanderers. They sit just above us in the table on the same amount of games played. Uh, when we spoke to Alex uh, yesterday, I don't think it made the clip. I can't remember if I if I put it in this clip, but he's uh, he wants to get one over on them for their uh, their, their work that they did at the value when they beat us four-one earlier on in the season. Mark, but I mean they're on a good run. Uh, you know, one four in a row before their one-all draw at Morecambe yesterday where they got a late, late leveler. Uh, you know, we know all about the six goals they put past Sunderland a few weeks ago. I mean it's, it's a real tough test. And as uh, as Phil said in his email, this'll be a real good uh, sort of gauge of where we are now, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean Bolton's not one of those lucky grounds normally for us. I can't remember us getting too much um pretty much from there. In even before they sort of like moved. Um, it's a difficult one. Again, you want to see who's who's injured, who's carrying something. I mean, there was a lot of comments about Chuck's yesterday, saying you know he wasn't doing his normal kind of movement. I just think they shackled him pretty well, and he had a couple of good runs, but you know you, you don't know if he's because we know he's not really been a ninety-minute player for us. And now this is a second time. No, he, I came off yesterday, but you know it's, he'd been had ninety against Portsmouth, so it's. It's interesting to see, obviously with Ryan as well, it's a, it's a tough one to see who's going to start, whether he put a few different loans. I mean, talk about Elliot Lee, whether he comes out of a squad totally and you put one of the other new loans on the bench, possibly for Chelsea left side. Um, if CBT is going to be out, is going to leave us a space there to fill. Yeah. Um, Difficult. It's again though, Bolton, because they're only just above us, they've, they've run a good run. And like I say, we all saw the six they put past Sunderland. They were, I thought, felt they were lucky yesterday. I mean, it was a 14, 14 minutes extra time because they'd had to be taken off the teams. And Morecambe, as we know, isn't isn't easy. So we'll, I, I just think it's one of those ones where we can give an opinion now. I think until we see the side then you're going to say, right, how's he going to approach it? I mean, Jack is going to want to attack because we've got a lot more attacking players. I think we, it's one of those ones, once you see the side, then you go, right, that's what he's going to do. That person's got a knock. I mean, I think as long as you've got people like Dobson... Who are, who are fit and looks like they can run forever. It made me laugh today. Someone said on a tweet that the earth is 70% covered in water. The rest of is covered by George Dobson. And it's just pretty much true. It just, it's just a joy to watch. And now I think it's almost like a two-horse race for player of the season, Dobson and Claire, unless someone wants to throw another name into the mix. So until we see the team, then we then we can decide how it's going to be. But I don't think we've got a load to fear, but they are dangerous. Face do score goals and they're in good form. But, you know, we're not in bad for Nick ourselves. Three, yeah, three but... games on the bounce. They're going to be looking at us and thinking, hold on a minute, you know, this isn't the chart we played at the Valley, which rolled on its back and had its tummy tickled. Mm. This is a different beast and uh, that might
5: bite them.
3: Yeah. And, well, we can only uh, go into this game with confidence, especially after our last away performance, Terry. If we, if we can approach the, the Bolton game with that level of intensity that we did down at Portsmouth. You know, we caught Portsmouth maybe on an off night somewhat, but if we can disrupt Bolton in the midfield, you know, Dobson mentioned there by Mark, and we can sort of uh, earn the right to play our own game like we did down at Fratton Park, then then who knows what could happen on Tuesday.
4: I agree, and I think um, it, that intensity has to be there. And I think uh, Scott Fraser coming back, coming into the to the squad is is a huge help. Um, I think Elliott Lee might figure on Tuesday because he's been rested for the last two games. On the bench, you might see Jonathan Leko back because um, he didn't he didn't even make the bench yesterday. So is that a resting? Unless he's got an injury we don't know about. So um, with Corey Blackett Taylor obviously not going to be figuring. Does that mean uh, Jai Simi will start? And then you've got Leko on the bench, or Leko starts and keep Jai Simi on the bench. I think we've got options, and that's the good thing. Um, So I don't, uh, I don't, I'm not uh, not fearful necessarily of Bolton. They they had a a really tough game yesterday. They had a man sent off, Santos. They sent her off, got sent off. Um, They scraped it right at the end with the last last minute. I say last minute. I think it was in extra. It was in added time, but they had about a quarter of an hour of that, I think, because of uh, other shenanigans that was going on at at Morecambe. So um, they'll uh, they'll have gone through the mill um, with extra minutes and stuff and uh, and disruption. So. It's um, it's a good opportunity, I think, for us if we uh, you know we just uh, defend better at set pieces and uh, like yesterday, then um, then we'll we'll certainly be uh, we will certainly be in the game. And it's the first of I think Mark might have mentioned it earlier. You know, it's the first of six games against tough opposition. You know, in 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 the top half of the table, in the top echelons of the table. So um, it's going to be a real test from this point forward. And uh, we haven't really fared well two games a week um, in recent past. So that's going to be another interesting. Um, aspect of the game, whether we can keep that intensity level for a Saturday, Tuesday, and then the following Saturday again. So um, yeah, it'll be an interesting one, Tuesday, but uh, yeah, we shouldn't fear it at all.
3: Excellent stuff. Looking forward to it. Right, well, we've run out of time on this week's on Life. Thanks to all of you uh, who've joined in uh, on the show uh, this evening. Uh, thank you to Terry and to Mark for joining me. Cheers, Luke. Cheers, Mark.
1: Cheers, Dale. Cheers, Louis.
3: Good to speak to the pair of you. I'm Louis Mendes, and thanks for listening. We'll be back on Thursday to look back at that game against Bolton Wanderers and ahead to next Saturday's trip uh, to Wigan. We'll see you then.